okay, my brain is not letting me get through these links today, so I'm going to do it best I can. I'm going to keep it simple. Uh, welcome to the Comedy Defect. There we go. Got that out. Uh, my name is Winter. I'm a comedian. They, uh, this is my show. Yes, uh, this is a great episode with a very funny Ben Clover. I recorded it a few months ago. I've forgotten how much fun I had when I recorded it, and I found out how much I enjoyed it when I edited it back. It is the episode, I think, that I have had the most fun both recording and editing. If you do not like my laugh, you're going to hate this one. We talk about loads of things from predator to class, prejudice, mouth acoustics. Ben Clover is the name of the guest on this episode for episode 58. Go check his stuff out online. (laughs) Go see him live. Go like his page. Do all that stuff. You could follow him on Twitter. All those places. If you want to follow us, we're at The Comedy Defect. If you want to follow my own personal page, it's at Winter Phonander. I'm also blazing through that Guinness Encyclopedia. I'm on page 200. And I, not blazing, blazing, I'm not smoking it. But I'm taking out as many jokes as I can out of that Guinness Encyclopedia and then putting them up on Twitter under the handle at Guinness Jokes. Now, guys, if you want to donate to the podcast, why not? We're on Patreon. Just go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect and donate as much or as little as you want. Uh, But fuck that. Don't do that. Just give us a nice, honest review on iTunes or Podbean because that helps more than anything else. So I'm not going to talk for any longer because this is quite a long episode, about an hour and 15 So this is a very funny episode, actually my favourite so far, with the very funny Ben Clover. Ben Clover, welcome to the Comedy Defect. Thank you for having me in your house. Thank you for coming to my house. It is miles away from loads of houses, so I I do appreciate it. Also, please don't say at any point where and when it was recorded. Fine. Yeah. On the clock. Okay, cool. No worries. <laughs> For yeah. I'll say nothing, mate. Although to be fair, I worked pretty hard. Already done two days' work this morning. So, Killing it. So pay me more. Anyway, and, and what is it? What does you do? I'd rather not. No, I'm a journalist. Okay, yeah. yeah. In what? For what paper? They're never going to hear this, are they? See, the thing is, because because uh, I'm a journalist, right? Yeah. I often I've got slightly addicted recently mm. to reading employment tribunal judgments. Okay. Right, and it's not like, a lot of time. It's boring. Often fascinating, right? Because right? you see, you see like a, a work relationship break down, mm-hmm. and quite often what you get to is it kind of like people have been working together for ages, yeah, right. and then they fall out, and you can see management kind of go, "We are going to fuck, we're going to fuck you up, right?" Right. So go over everything, yeah. go over like check all the diaries for ages. Mm-hmm. And so I was coming to the case the other day with this like psychiatrist mm-hmm. in like. Brighton and he moved to Bath mm-hmm. and he'd been there for like years and had a really good like he had sort of an understanding with his bosses kind of like look I do all my work got all this done I do extra hours blah and in return I get some flexibility mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. anyway like when he fell out with them they were like they hired private detectives to follow him around they found out he's been spending quite a lot of his NHS paid time taking private flying lessons and I think the idea was eventually he would fly to and from work uh, which would be a crazy commute, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. It'd be, I mean, it might be really cool. I think oh. it'd be really cool. But they really... So I probably shouldn't say, just in case, right, paranoidly, because, like, journalism makes you really paranoid because yeah, you cover misfortune the whole time and you mm. go to coroner's courts, mm. which are specifically about people who've died in unusual and horrible ways, mm. and they make you just way more scared of, like, 
yeah. falling off things, falling down things, mm. having things fall on you. It's put me right off. I mean, I wouldn't have been that tempted anyway, but it's put me right off autoerotic asphyxiation because like, <laughs> I've covered two autoerotic asphyxiation <laughs> cases, right. right? And both times, like, the coroner was like, well, this is what was happening, yeah. right? And in neither case, this is what interests me about it, in neither case did they say whether the guy actually finished because um, I don't want to know yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of difference to whether it's yeah. uh, a sad story made a little bit happier or a sad story that's just yeah, was, was a happy ending or a sad yeah. ending or just, I mean they're all sad endings but yeah. if it's kind of like ah, yeah, cut no, out that's better like yeah. died doing what he loved mm. just died not quite doing well and I say guys they were both guys because I don't think I think either women don't do it or they're much better do you think that's how ghosts are formed <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> you've probably done a gig at some point one or both of us at a pub called The Wanking Phantasm yeah. you know yeah. kind of the the onanism ghost yeah, the ghost yeah. with unfinished business like yeah because you've been around for ages just not able to come and then, I don't know how oh, that would be a great version of The Exorcist wouldn't it oh, right, there's a black mirror in that yeah. you should write that about yeah. but because it's science fiction black mirror it's got to be from the future so yeah, what's that? Future ectoplasm, goes. lots of ectoplasm everywhere. Yeah, I'm like, it's weird. There's no ectoplasm here. Oh, this ghost must be really pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> they call him Blue Balls, <laughs> <laughs> and he's been here. Yeah, I think there are some. Uh, now, I don't know if I made this. I did a history degree, and I don't know if I made this up or I read it somewhere. Lots of people, when they are being executed by hanging, there's something about the process of being hung by the neck till dead. Mm. If it doesn't break your neck or something like it's supposed to, if you're just being mm-hmm. strangled, awful way to go. Some, some weird blood thing means you, like men, will quite often get erections at that point. And I don't know if I made it up or if I read it somewhere, but the the legend took hold somewhere that if a man was being hanged on the gallows and mm. and he didn't break his neck and he's being strangled and he got an erection, then the erection would point towards the guilty man. Kind of that he was in fact innocent, and it was pointing towards the. I don't. I made it up. I can't remember. What's terrifying to me is a man who puts facts out in the world and goes, mm. "I stand behind this." Yeah, I don't remember. Wow. But the thing is, it points towards a guilty man, but only the guilty person will know who the guilty man is and be able to prove that. It, that's it. It's not like the. You know, and the guilty guy be like, "It's the, the wind's blowing yeah, in that exactly. way." Exactly. Also, I'm very sexy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this happens yeah. to me a lot. It was at one night in college. <laughs> yeah, he's probably he's probably going back. His probably a whole life flashes before his eyes. You must get some great stories though from for a comedy from doing the journalism. I did a show about journalism, right? But just because it's sort of it's, it's really fun being a journalist. It's mm. where people try and stick with it while it for as long as they do, even though the money's terrible. Mm. And you meet up with other journalist mates, and they'd be like. And people go, like, that's not a good death wank story. This is a good death wank story. Kind of like, yeah. and it's sort of macabre, but it's also, it is like a, it is because it's a pressure job and different mm. all that. It's just that you like, so you, people kind of compare stories. So mm. I thought I'll do, I'll do a show just about the ones that yeah. happened to me. They're longer anecdotes, kind of they're longer stories, mm. and you kind of, and it's sort of they're difficult to fit into a kind of conventional. Mm. So, but the show is really fun. And I kind of go around, um, I go around, I, I've done the show at a bunch of like journalism colleges Great. and universities, and even one primary school. One, mm. like, I didn't do the, the actual death stories. <laughs> the wank death uh, No, not at, the pri- <laughs> not at the primary school. You know Janet Garner? No, I don't. Uh, she's a great actress, lives out in Essex and works in this primary school. Mm. And she asked, I don't, know, I don't know how she mentioned me to one of her colleagues, but one of her colleagues 
got me to do like a Skype presentation yeah. to her primary school class. And I thought, oh, that's going to be super like, nice and wholesome. Mm-hmm. They, my mate sent me like a... Bet the school tweeted a picture of like me on the big screen being projected in the primary school. Like, and I was doing it I was, like, on Skype in my living room from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, oh, I'll retweet that. That's wholesome. Yeah. And my mate said, hey, I saw the picture. They had a, uh, had a sort of Leslie Grantham feel to it. It's like, oh... Great. I mean, I don't know if you saw the picture of Leslie Grant. He no. got, he was done for like, well, not done, but he was exposed by one of the tabloids for a sort of dressing room sex cam thing. Okay. While he was in panto. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you've really made that a lot yeah. less wholesome than it yeah. was, Pete. Just got fully dressed for that one, right? Oh, fucking absolutely. Absol- imagine. Because Ima- that's the thing, is like, on journalism, you just see how people fuck their lives up so bad the whole time. Mm-hmm. Not that I would do that anyway, but kind of, so many people. Like, I think if there's one bit of wisdom I'd have to pass on from journalism, it's like, don't use your work computer. Kind yeah. of so many people get, like, lose their jobs and careers, mm-hmm. livelihoods and houses, kind of, mm-hmm. from just looking at porn on the work computer. Oh, mm-hmm. work I was like, don't, don't, they will... Yeah, they will. It's got to be one of the easiest ways to get. And if they really like you, maybe they'll just pretend they didn't see. Mm. But if you've ever pissed them off at all, it's like, well, you. I like (laughs) because you're a journalist, right? And you're looking through uh, these employment tribunals. Do you ever kind of go, oh fuck it? Well, I've done that. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm only three steps away from the end of this this narrative here. I kind of. You do think, oh, if you fell out. Yeah, if you fell out with them, I think basically everyone has mm. because the sheer fact that like the budget came out yesterday and mm. went, Britain's productivity is still really low. And it's like, yeah, you know why? Mm. The internet, kind of, because it's yeah. like most people work from a desk now mm-hmm. and like multiple tabs. Mm. Like I reckon, if you ask most people, do you want a ten percent pay rise? Or do you want to sit in a part of the office where the boss can never surprise you mm. uh, with what's on your screen, can never walk up behind you and be like, ah, mm. I think most people would, would take the, the geographical location. They'd be yeah. like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to be. And so, yeah, so technically you're being paid, everyone is being paid for that time mm-hmm. and they are using it not for things. So technically it's misconduct and technically you could get them for it. You could argue that that was mm. disproportionate punishment, mm. but they could go, well, we could, and I think if you looked at anyone like the boss's computer, mm-hmm. be like, you could still go, well, we pay you for 37 and a half hours a week, yeah, yeah. and you've worked for 15 hours of those, mm-hmm. like, the rest has been on other sides. So like, yeah, but I did the work. It's like, but yeah, fuck you, kind of, you shouldn't do more work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the boring answer. Um, yeah. The more exciting answer is, yeah, <laughs> office work. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll just shove my knives for that day. Here's where I'll confess. No, um... I did have an idea when I was a journalist, right? Because I thought, yeah. I thought, right, these days, people's online reputation is everything to them, mm, right? Mm. And in the old days, people like magistrates' courts... <laughs> I love the little whistle you did for the old days bit as well there. But... Did I whistle for the old <laughs> you days? Yeah. You went, for the old days. Really? <laughs> that was great. God, no, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to do that myself, mate. Don't worry. I'm, I'm get, uh, how old do you know, Ben, if you don't want me uh, to ask I'm, 40, I'm 37. Yeah, I'm 37 as well. I'm exactly the same. I'm starting to do that as well. And my wife keeps calling me an old man. Did she I? Was, did, but it was involuntary. Did you I do know, it deliberately? No, you, you, I did it deliberately, but you did it. It just Jeez. just in, in passing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to out you. No. You're the same age as me. I'm the feel. I get no, it. I've got, I do it. I've got some weird acoustics in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't want to brag. You know, I've got amazing acoustics right here. Uh, I mean, like I, any mic, I, I just pick up the mic and it just sounds fucking amazing coming out. Of my I said weird, mouth. not good, but kind of. I just yeah, I do a bragging about. Um, whenever I think bragging, I always think of like. 
leaning with one arm like a bit straw to talk to some woman and go kind of you know, I've got pretty weird acoustics in my mouth. I was like, what the fuck is that? Is that how is that a prank? We can get beautiful acoustics together. That's sort of like <laughs> classic. <laughs> I could have a whole tiny choir in here. Um, you want to get that mouth insured, mate. Yeah. yeah well, Freddie Mercury got offered like teeth re because he spent that much time in America being rich. And, and, and like, oh. and he was like, no, that's my livelihood. And if mm. I fuck about with my jaw or something, yeah. it will change the resonance or something. Mm. And also, I'd so. like to think if you were as rich and as successful as Freddie Mercury with all that presence, you'd be yeah. like, fuck yeah. me, an idea that there's <laughs> anything wrong with me at all. I'm fucking Freddie Mercury. But also, also, he died of AIDS. So, I mean, like, you know, he was like, will I get my teeth fixed? Is it really worth it? I don't know at what stage <laughs> they asked him. <laughs> But, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. It would be, it'd be <laughs> fucking dreadful if you went to the doctor about By the way, about the life threatening condition, and they were like, "So, Freddie, have you thought about dental?" I was like, "Fucking <laughs> focus! Look at me. I am I am three stone. Do you yes. really think? Look, that if you put more you, teeth in my mouth, I won't be able to lift my head. I didn't even think you could be a dentist and a doctor mm. at the same time. Yeah. But yeah. I will ask you to focus on the doctoring. Mm. Mm. I can't do yeah. his accent." I don't know what kind of accent he had. He was from Zanzibar. Oh. He just came across as just general, yeah. mildly posh. Mm-hmm. The, you're a journalist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and you did a degree in history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where did you do that? York. That's where I did my oh, first nice. gig. Very yeah, nice. bloody love York. Wow. Um, it's just the right size of town, you know? Mm. So it's big enough so you felt like, we're in town now, town, there's loads of us. Uh, but it was also a campus. Yeah. So if, if, I always imagine if you went to university in like London, it would just feel like yeah. there's eight million people, and your tiny life doesn't matter at all. And mm. your tiny life doesn't matter at all in a in a smaller university town. But it's mm. kind of, but I don't know. It just feels like I don't always think like the uh, the ideal size of city, apart from London, which I love and would ideally never leave. Mm. It was like Newcastle. I lived in Newcastle for a little bit. It was great because I think you should be able to go up somewhere high mm. in a city, look out over it, and imagine like that bit in Emily where you kind of go, I reckon probably. Everything you could think of is probably happening at some point in this mm. city. Like, yeah. there's probably someone like trying on his third chicken outfit of yeah. the day for some weird, perverse reason. Yeah. Like, 15 people are being sacked, yeah. you know, and 12 people are discovering something <laughs> new and mind blowing. Two people are discovering their partners cheating on them. Yeah. Kind of, one person's just been taught to do that arm fart thing. Yeah. Someone's just learned that they whistle when they say <laughs> olden days. Kind of like, you know, if you're somewhere too small and you just think, I know everyone here, probably Pat's just farted again. Yeah. And if you're somewhere, you know, I don't actually, I see it can't be too big, in my opinion. Apart from Mega City One in Judge Dredd, which seems oh, mm. too big, that but is. that's mainly because of a heavy-handed policing, and also very focused in one like tower block. Yeah, although yeah, I mean, I read a few of the comics. I sort of, I was sort of drawn to them because I like dystopias mm. and I like like science fiction. But I was just put off by just what a prick Judge Dredd was. The mm. whole just kind of a tight ass. Yeah, he'd always he was always it doesn't really come across in the film so much, but like he was always being like called out mm. to like save. A bunch of like kids from like a cra- it was really weird from like a crazed gardener who was like mm. I'm going to use you all as fertilizer and he'd mm. show up and like set the crazed gardener on fire and say something pithy like yeah ho 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 yeah set- <laughs> ho 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 I've set you on fire yeah, yeah. Um, I'll think of something better later and it'll yeah. be too late and then yeah. the kids would go thank you Judge Dredd and kind of go uh, you've not all done your homework. You're going to spend 15 years in prison. Yeah. And it was like, 
There's never a happy ending, was there? No, it's always no. kind of like, he's a prick and that's mm-hmm. how it is. Uh, yeah, so it makes it work. So York, though, but you do yeah, it. So it's you, so you, my first gig there. It's really nice, though. It's a really nice, nice place. It's like, there's a big, when you're driving, it's like uh, old castles. That ca- you're like, oh, is yeah. It? Oh, yeah, there's a know? wall goes yeah. pretty much the whole way around. Amazing it. for zombies. Actually, this place it would be amazing for zombies, too. I've often, I've given a lot of thought yeah. to zombies. I mean, we're on the first floor, which mm. is difficult, mm-hmm. but mm. I think... That means we're okay for zip wiring yeah. over to a shopping centre. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, I think you've got to get. I don't think you'll last that long in the city. Mm-hmm. Also, it's crucial, right? Running zombies or walking zombies. Mm-hmm. Walking zombies. Mm-hmm. Easy. I think you can still get to work. Oh, no I problem. Think, I think you can go, like, oh, sorry, I'm late mm-hmm. for work, but I think there's no excuse for not still getting to work. Because unless you get really trapped, and you shouldn't be if you've got fucking anything about you at mm-hmm. all, but running zombies, forget about it. Yeah. You're, you're dead. Running zombies, your only chance is to... So we're right by the railway station. Yeah. Um, I think I could contrive to get onto the tracks, uh, raised, so uh, uh, like mm. from Elephant Castle to Blackfriars, to the river. I think then you just have to try and get some boat and then try and go out to Canvey Island in yeah. Essex. And then I think on an island you've got a chance. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're pretty, the, the tide will just slow them down anyway. But I mean, like, I think that, you know, you watch The Walking Dead as well then. I lost track of it in the slightly boring second series on the mm. farm. Mm. And then, uh, and all, every episode is that boring old man going, "Yeah, Rick, we've got to take a look at the sanitation." Rick, it was like, "It's boring, the sanitation." <laughs> kind of. Oh, great! Now we're plumbing. This yeah, is it was like, "Now, yeah, Rick, it's very yeah. important to separate these crops from the maize crops mm-hmm. because that crust is like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I mean, he, he, luckily, he got eaten not long after. I that. did see that bit on a plane. <laughs> And they, they seem to really gruesome him up. There's a bit which yeah, is his oh. head is on the uh, yeah, yeah. on the floor going... Yeah. It's kind of heartbreaking yeah. for his daughter. It's like they move from one place to another and go, oh, it's safe, it's not safe. Okay, there's a fence. Oh, another fence. Oh, oh no, and then the zombies can't get in. They just need to just live... They need to just a fence. Make well, traps. But don't they often run into going like, well, this is some kind of paradise. Mm. Secretly, they're bastards. Yeah, totally, kinda... exactly. The reason it has to be running zombies for it to be a proper apocalyptic thing yeah. is because I think Shaun of the Dead got this right mm. where at the again sorry spoilers but you should have fuck yeah. you if you haven't seen Shaun of the Dead you've got you've had no excuse exactly. kind of at the end of the army show I haven't shoot them all because they're not that fast like mm-hmm. I could imagine the army might take a while to get it together but they're not that fast and eventually no. they would mm. and they're really good at shooting people yeah. it's their whole thing yeah. so the idea that they get completely overwhelmed yeah. is ridiculous, ridiculous. And, and like and like they're gonna just have so much fun doing it. They'll just they'll they'll, oh they won't want they won't want to sleep. In fact, that happens at the beginning of the the, the first ever zombie film, like mm. George Romero. I can't remember if that's Dawn of the Dead or Day yeah. of the Dead or Night of the Dead. It's Night mm. of the Living Dead because night follows no day follows night. Anyway, but that ends with that kind of horrible shock ending. But it mm. does show mm. the humans gradually it becoming a weird sport for them. You'd be so over it by now. You'd be just walking on like oh, I'm a zombie. Apparently, people who've seen one of it say that is what. What yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a bit where they're in the prison where they're kind of like their day's work is just going down to the fence, going, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like Simple. flirting and yeah. like getting yeah. annoyed at the supervisor. Yeah. And <laughs> that's it. Oh, God, that's it. Where's my lunch break? You know, yeah. here's my theory about zombie stuff, mm. right? Is why the sudden upsurge mm. in zombie stuff for the last 10 years? Mm-hmm. And it was not the last big one, was like the 70s, really. Mm. So apparently, I read something about like vampires will always be around because vampires are basically about sex, mm-hmm. uh, a particular kind of like, and also kind of a sort of fear stroke fascination with predatory male sexuality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I can see that, so it's always yeah, going to yeah. come up. Yeah. But the zombie thing, I think, 
represents deeper fears about like the breakdown of society, yeah. the inevitability of mm. death. And I wonder if here's my conspiracy theory: zombie stuff's been deliberately brought back by governments who are trying to soften us up to the idea of the mass slaughter of shambling, unarmed people. Mm. Because kind of, you know, uh, population world population is going to hit like ten billion in the mm. next thirty-five years, mm. and like. 40 years ago, it was less than three. I'm going to have those numbers slightly wrong, right. but they are horrifying. Yeah, yeah. Right, in terms of like, how are we going to support mm. all of these? So, kind of, mm. just in, in terms of Malthusian demographics, it's, mm. it, it, it's going to yeah. get a bit awkward. And I wonder if all the zombie stuff, which features small groups of armed people yeah. shooting in the head, thousands of mm. shambling, moaning, slowly moving, hungry mm -hmm. creatures, yeah. stroke, who look a lot like people. Mm. Um, I wonder if it's supposed to soften us up for that. I thought that, that that wasn't theory for me, wasn't zombies. I thought it would be Netflix. I thought Netflix <laughs> would do that. Because I thought it was like, walking around going, because I don't, luckily, I don't have Netflix. I, I'm, I'm I just, I'm a pirate. And uh, I just fucking, like, there's so much to watch and everybody's watching all this. Some of it's yeah. absolute pure shit. And I'm going, no, I'm, I'm not wasting my life watching that shit. I've tried a couple of episodes and it's dog shit. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna duke it out. I don't need got nothing to prove to me or anyone else anymore. You know what I mean? Like, well, the golden age of television is yeah. the only thing holding together most, most mm. relationships mm. these days. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, there is only one more season of Game of Thrones and then we're really going to have to take stock of what else we have in common. <laughs> kind of go, let's go like, hey, remember the first season of Game of Thrones? Like, yeah, 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 that's when we just met. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. yeah, we wake just, up. We've watched just Game pumping of this shit into our heads and we're like, well, then what the, where the fuck are we going to go from there? I just like the term, I don't like the fact that we've all just, we're starting to accept the term content. Mm. Kind of going, oh yeah, it's some great content. It's like... So, like, don't say, can't call it, be more specific. Mm. Content is just like, ah, it's all just pond scum. Mm -hmm. That's what we'll all end up eating when it's coming. It'll be like corn, like when, oh. when there is 10 billion population. It'd be like, mm. look, sorry, no one can afford to eat pork. Everyone's going to have uh, pond scum. And that's mm -hmm. all there is. Sort like of, in sort, sort Matrix. Of Korean style. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly like that. But like, it's just such a horrible, unspecific term. Like, um, And when you use it for like anything that means anything to mm. you, mm. you kind of think, ah, oh, do you remember... Do you remember when you're growing up and like your mum would read you some bedtime content? You'd be like, "Yeah, what was your favourite bedtime content when you were growing?" It was like, Ugh, kind of like, so uh, what's your what are your what's your marriage content going to be that you say to the vicar? Yeah. You know, when you're when you're getting married, it's like I just I just don't like the damn yeah. content because it's been used to debase journalism and debase comedy. It'd be horrible if you came off stage with like, great content, mate. Oh, oh mate, <laughs> not great. I heard someone so. was comparing the other day. What's his name? I just can only like great one-liner, great guy. <laughs> and as I was walking off stage, it, like that section had finished. I had this lady kind of go, "His content was so dense." No, and I told him that, and he was like, oh. "He said if she's company, she said he's a thick cunt." Like, <laughs> but no, I think she meant it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, there was a lot of it, but like, his content was so dense. Man. I was like, well, "What else are we going to use content for?" Kind of like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid he lost uh, two pints of content in the accident. What kind of, what blood group content is it? Ugh, anyway. It's just too much, isn't it? It's a minor it, just, it just doesn't mean anything. Again, the words that begin to become absolutely <laughs> meaningless. It's just, like we said before, like before we started recording, it's like, you know, we said we're talking about comedy and then you, you, know, you watch someone on stage and sometimes you just don't listen to them. Just watch their body language and just go... And the words are relevant. It's just the feeling that they're presenting <laughs> to that crowd. Because sometimes, you, sorry, sometimes you see uh, someone who goes up with some stuff. And you go, 
there really is nothing in that what he's what they're yeah. saying but they're fucking selling it well uh, and they're and the audience are just oh they're fucking lapping that shit up because funny bones motherfucker belief in that shit and you think like look how much you've strung up like I would I do I would only have the skill to make that idea that bit last eight seconds mm. and you've got like four minutes of yeah. rolling laughter on it and like I don't know this is one of my theories about comedy and your persona about like who you are, I should do that voice, but I like, <laughs> You've got to say it like that when you go, you know, just to make it, you know, who are these? Uh, no, I, no, I feel bad that I, that I said that like that. I, I think every every time it's, it's said, it should be said like that because then, you know, it makes it okay. You know, or you, you can need journey. <laughs> like, nevertheless, my theory, I, I apologize, nevertheless, my theory is that. You know when you're having a really good gig, yeah. and there's and you actually have to wait for the laughter to finish before you go on to the next joke or bit mm. of joke or bit or whatever. My theory is is that the the face that you have on or what you are doing while you wait for that, that's your persona, mm. right? So if you if you do a joke and it's like oh. Now, what's the deal with hula hoops? Like, why not have other shapes? If it's some kind of observational thing, much better than that, <laughs> and people laugh and you're waiting for it. If you're kind of stood there, kind of going, huh? Yeah. You know, your hands like, yeah. Because sometimes people kind of, well, there's like extra laughs for people go, oh, yeah. And he's doing his quizzical face. You see, like, loads of, loads of Edinburgh, like, people's like, huh? And, with the, and like they're scratching twist, their head. Yeah. They're, they're the two uh? hands in either direction. Yeah. I'm like, baffled guy yeah. mm-hmm. or sort of like slightly cross baffled guy like mm-hmm. or perhaps I'm like a handsome confident guy who's like I think you'll find that's a point yeah um, truth bomb guys there we go yeah or sort of mm-hmm. like uh, kind of weird innocent mm-hmm. kind of just like like I genuinely don't know kind of oh yeah. Yeah. there's someone who's going to do feigned misunderstanding jokes completely lost boy yeah. so it's like my, my mm-hmm. mother said kind of uh, there's something uh, feigned misunderstanding I'm doing the perfect face for that, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who are you? I don't know. I don't know. This is a, this is a consistent problem. <laughs> that was that was Geordie. It wasn't learning disabilities. No, I don't think you were doing learning disabilities before. Either. Oh, I good. I, not at all. I wasn't. I wasn't saying you were. But you need to acknowledge it, don't yeah, you? Because yeah, sometimes um, you're saying pretentious things, and you kind of. And it's weird. It's just like this bit of your brain that kind of goes. You need to. Uh, you need to make it. You need to distance yourself from this. You were. That was. Like, you were doing a over, overly educated, pretentious guy. That's what you were doing. Yes. It wasn't. And if it sounded like a disabled guy, that's just a coincidence. Some of them are posh. Yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. But no, it's, no. it's all that inbreeding. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get a bit together about basically. I was thinking about. Diff- I was thinking about. As a white middle class guy, everyone wants to hear my views on mm. on race, gender, well, and sexuality. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Everyone's like, "Why am I a white guy talking about?" Fault. Let's fix it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking, like, I was thinking, like the really scary ones on any of those fronts mm. are the people who are like, "No, but science backs me up." Mm. Kind of women are just biologically evolved to not want to be painted. Or like mm. the kind of other really scary ones, the ones where people are just like. They've inherited that view. Mm. They've never questioned it, mm-hmm. um, and that's just how they've. But they've not really gone around with like a load of hate in their heart, or they've mm. like, or they've not considered it. Mm. Yeah, it's still not good, but it's sort of. I think they're a slightly different category. Yeah. And I was thinking, ah, oh, have I got anything like that? And I think the one I got was I think <laughs> I got this kind of. I think I'm basically racist against posh people. Mm. I think that's sort of how I was raised. Mm. Yeah. Was to kind of 
and like and it took ages of like you know you'd meet some at university and stuff mm-hmm. and you'd kind of think oh he's, he's a nice guy I just assumed he'd just assumed he'd well, he'd be all hoity-toity mm-hmm. talk about fox hunting and being bred but mm-hmm. kind of like but then you kind of think well, so maybe it is but then maybe it is fair to be prejudiced against mm-hmm. posh people because mm-hmm. they have got all the fucking money kind of yeah they and can they, take it, can't they? And maybe, is that big, and can you be racist against the social class? Well, they do try and differentiate themselves as a race through inbreeding. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. They do. You do. They do ruin neighbourhoods. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, great. You know, you see some posh people move into your neighbourhood, and you're kind of like, well, that's all the prices are going to go up. Yeah. You know, in the corner shops and stuff, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be everything will have the word artisan in front of it. Yeah. And it'll cost four times as much. That's like cereal stores. Yeah. But anyway, I've learned to forgive them. <laughs> well done. You can work through it, that's it. It's yeah, not, it's I not mean... Easy. No, I'll get, don't get wrong, it's not easy. I find it hard as, as well sometimes when you go, oh, God, I, you know, and that automatic, as soon as that voice comes out, you go, oh, no, oh, yeah. no I, I'm trying. I'm trying to be to not to put that that judgment away, but it just goes, oh, I don't know if we can ever be friends. <laughs> you know, it just pops out. You're like, but you don't go, you know... I've got some friends who are crazy, Posh. Like, yeah. it ain't, you know... And that's just, you know, that's just they people tend to wear it. I mean, like, but are you are you their are you their <laughs> their broke friend? And they could have go, oh look, you know, I'm I'm there to balance it out for them. I think there's only been one bridesmaid for this moment. I think where like you think I can't afford to do that thing you're all going on, and like you can come and wall paint. Like that'll feel weird though, won't it? I remember going on holiday once with my ex. <laughs> Boy, we were... come here. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, master. Uh, where would you like the where'd you like your suitcases? Oh, matching luggage. Just, where is it? I want to put my feet up, <laughs> squat down. <laughs> Slapping you with their, with their cap, with their flat cap. And then, then they're abusing you later. And they're kind of like, bring me another boy. This oh, one's no. split. Anyway. Oh, no. Um, no, are, have you ever had that thing where you know you know how you now have to kind of call your bank before you go on holiday just oh, to go right, yeah. like, just let you know I'm going on holiday yeah. so they don't can I didn't do that once went to Italy with my with my then girlfriend yeah and like my card wouldn't work in any of the machines yeah. so it was fine we've been together like four or five years or something but she just had to pay for everything and over the course of like this five day six day holiday on, in Rome or something it, it really kind of changed the dynamic in the holiday because like because she I was like oh should we go to the to the Colosseum she's like yeah, I guess I'll pay but it's like oh, oh yeah, I'll pay you back if you, you heard me on the phone to the bank it's kind of yeah it's like oh should we get another drink it's like yeah I guess I guess I'll get it's like it, yeah which is in a good mood it didn't matter but it's just like no, I know what you're saying and like you know you sleep in the same bed and she's spooning you <laughs> like don't you spoon me I'm the spooner I am big spoon <laughs> everything isn't it all my privileges yeah yeah, yeah. you know that's it you know, she's holding your hand you know you're not holding her hand you know <laughs> <laughs> suddenly she's driving the Vespa and I'm on the back yeah that's it she's getting you flowers you know and uh... <laughs> suddenly oh, my dad has to pay a dowry to her oh. <laughs> That's it. I would like to marry your son. <laughs> oh dear! I know. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm the same. I'm in the same situation when I've been broke on my ass, and I, I totally I feel that. It's, it's it's emasculating, isn't it? It's such a basic thing. We should just be. No, it's fine. It's just money. We're equal, but it's so endemic. I, in I thought it would brain. be. Yeah, it all these things are like deeper. Yeah. I had these two mates who who went out for like 
five years or right. something ridiculous. But they yeah. had the, had a long like uh, break up, get back together again. So after we all left the university, people be, people go back to their own ends of the country and would mm. meet up, and like and this this relationship would reignite. Mm. Spectacularly, and like, because like they split up in East Aloda, like hundreds, I don't know, maybe thousands of pounds, but like, but they were split up on this night out, and this kind of simmering anger stroke tension. He must have said something like, Yeah, you're round. He's like, My round, you still owe me X hundred. So, but anyway, because everyone was pissed, it ended up in him who had money at this point grabbing handfuls of tenors from this like cash point where it got out hundreds of pounds just throwing at her in the street going take it you whore take the mo- take your money and it's like that's <laughs> shit that's not the way that's, to do it no no I just think yeah never <laughs> you should never be throwing money at anyone no. so just pay, wow. pay your debts if you owe someone three digits worth of money Mm-mm. it's got to be in the first three things you say to them when you meet up yeah you know yeah <laughs> there you go. It was like advice. There's this whole bit in Hamlet where um, you know, you know Hamlet. Well, I've read it. It's a bit with um, Polonius, who's like Hamlet's girlfriend's dad, uh, and his son's going off to university, and he gives him all this advice, and it's like quite decent advice. But he's like one of those characters in the play who you can. That's probably another way of doing him, but you tend to see him portrayed in one or two ways. One way is like. He's like a a bit of an old fool, mm. you know. He's like really pedantic and annoying, mm. you know. When he gets killed, you're kind of like, well, he's annoying, mm. you know, in a slightly cruel way. Or you can play him as quite like a decent, reasonable, kind of wise father mm. who's giving giving his son a bunch of advice and guidance in a way that maybe Hamlet never got himself. Either way, Hamlet kills him with a sword because because right. uh, he's like he's hidden behind a curtain. Sure. Uh, and he thinks that someone else, and he goes, Ugh! and he's like, oh no, it's Polonius. So, like, so in fact, when Polonius' son comes back from university, Hamlet has murdered his dad and driven his sister to suicide. So he's like, so he's pretty pissed off. Yeah. But I just thought it'd be really fun one day to do a staging of Hamlet where mm. instead of swords, because the whole thing ends in this big sword fight where everyone gets killed, mm. where instead of swords, all the characters have flamethrowers. <laughs> So like the end, the end would be like, <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. It's just like aliens, isn't it? Like aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like I've, I've seen aliens about forty times. It's the film I've seen most in my life. There's a stage where with my friends at school, we'd watch Aliens twice a weekend. Once That's great. A, we knew like pretty much all the dialogue. Off, like if mm-hmm. if two of them were here now, I think we could have a fair crack at reenacting the whole of Aliens word yeah. for word. Yeah, um, that is like that's a. I think that you're just exactly the same age as me, so I think that's a classic one. You know, for when you just it's a go to, isn't it? You just go, just go. Something's going badly. Oh fuck it, <laughs> and then everything is good. I mean, that's you, you always want a trusty flamethrower. Just it would just it level. Yeah. It's great leveler. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's absolutely. It. It's kind of it says you can be round a corner, yeah. you can be down a thing, mm. but I'm going to set you on fire, and then it's your problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're not even gonna, you know do what you like. We're, you're fucked. <laughs> God, we love that squad so much. Like we yeah. watched Predator quite a lot. I mean, oh, not yeah. as much as anything, but we watched Predator quite a lot. Yeah. And they did some some great feature in Empire magazine ages ago about mm. following up, like who, what happened to all the different mm. squad members in like in real life mm. and stuff. And like it was mainly improvised or a dialogue with the actors and aliens, mm. kind of. Yeah. And they really did a great job of like bringing quite a lot of character 
to them, even with just like a couple of lines. Like mm-hmm. the two guys were that well, sorry, the two people with heavy machine guns, Vasquez and Drake. By the way, that Drake song where he goes, I used to call me on my cell phone. Right, yeah. You're kind of like, most people use cell phones these mm. days. Like, if you if you don't specify, I'm going to assume yeah. it's your mobile phone as yeah. you call it. Like, if you'd said, I'm going to call you on my landline, that'd be quite different. Yeah. But anyway, you still get the impression that Drake and Vasquez are in love mm. a little bit. And they're the ones with the heavy machine guns yeah. who sneak the ammunition in, even mm. though they're told not to. Yeah. And like all the arcs are really nicely done and very, like subtly done. I mean, maybe we just are over reading into it because we saw it forty times. Yeah. But anyway, the squad from um, Predator had like Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the governor of fucking. Yeah, he was like was the Mont or now? something. Yeah. yeah, or he was for a little bit. Arnie became governor. So mm. that's two governors. Yeah. In the one squad, you know the Red Indian guy. Yeah. He was like a porn actor. He was like a famous porn actor. Yeah. The guy who gets his arm shot off, that's Carl Weathers mm-hmm. from Kung Fu Fighting. Mm-hmm. Everybody was Kung Fu Fighting. And the guy, the really cool guy, who goes crazy when his mate gets killed mm. and actually tracks it yeah, down yeah, and yeah. gets the three dots on his forehead. Yeah. That guy's like an avant-garde New York playwright, right, who just took the odd role in Hollywood films because he had this amazing presence mm. to like fund his kind of super avant-garde, cutting-edge theatre thing. Oh yeah, and like, and the guy who's always making the pussy jokes. Yeah, that's Shane Black, the guy who wrote like Lethal Weapon, kind of um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, um, the Nice Guys, Iron Man, the Good wow. Iron Man film. Yeah, kind of. Which um, one is that again? I can't remember. I've seen any the, of them. The but, it's mask. The, but it's the one he did. Is that the one with the mask? With uh... I think it might be three. Okay. <laughs> So I, don't, I don't know, I've only seen eight minutes of it. Yeah, um, it's like, yeah, and that eye started bleeding. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? No, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it's uh, no one dies. No, uh, no one dies in the end. My skin may be iron, but my heart is still fresh. What yeah. a lump and metaphor. Oh, I guess yeah. it's just like good. Well, I think yeah. often when people are doing films, they kind of think, let's talk in terms of iconic images. Yeah. I quite like it. Um, it's form of a content now. Yeah, I, I can see it's a, it's a it's a visual medium. I saw some interview with J.G. Abrams of the new Star Wars thing, saying we want to start the new Star Wars film of just um, you know when Luke gets his hand cut off the lightsaber and Empire Strikes Back. We yeah. want to start the new film just with this like frozen hand still clutching a lightsaber, just spiraling through space. And you think that's a cool image? It's yeah. like, yeah, I bet Disney wouldn't let you do it because it'd be too upsetting. Didn't Spaceballs already do that? Did they? I don't know. Spaceballs with the Hoover hand drifting through space. Oh, right. God, I've watched these films far too much, man. <laughs> but, but so you did the first gig in York and in York University? Yeah, sort of. My mate started running a night in the cinema mm. in town and he got all his great accent along and he needed open spots who were like a mix of people from town. Mm like losers from town and losers from university and someone I knew did it he got he got someone from from my year and they were terrible I was like well, if they can do it mm-hmm. this gringo's going to give it a go uh, and it went alright yeah, yeah. And what then, year was that like that was, that was 2002 oh. that was my like last year of university and then I stopped well I came back to London I did it for about I don't know a year a little mm. bit less than a year something like that not getting very hard Gigging very often, and I stopped till about 2011. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it was great. It was a really nice little gig. It was like it had like a low ceiling, which I think is always a mm. good sign for a gig. Mm. I think ideally, if you're gonna 
if you could design the perfect gig, it wouldn't be above a pub. Yeah. It wouldn't be on the ground floor of a pub. It would be underneath a thing. Yeah. Basement clubs. It just feels like you're Cindy. going to a different world mm. a bit more. You can you can forget the outside world a bit more. Because, mm. like, I don't know, you just don't see buses going past or, mm. like, oh, there's a falcon or yeah. whatever. It's no distraction. You're no, actually there. No, and kinda, And it feels a bit more consequenceless. Mm. So you think, yeah, we can laugh at some yeah. some really weird stuff here. Protected. Yeah, so I had, had my stuff going. Plus it was underneath the cinema, so it felt sort of, like, cool. And it was right by a river... Mm. I was hanging around for ages before the gig, and like when you in your first gig in your bladder, yeah, bladder can plague you. Mm-hmm. So I had to like fill, I think at least one pint glass with with urine, yeah. throw it out the window, yeah, into the river. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is this is that glamour I've read about, rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> part of me thought, ah, oh, I could go out there, mm. pint glass full of piss. It was like, yeah, I don't know what you'd the say. Things kick off, heckle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm carrying it. People wouldn't necessarily know it was purse. It's true. Did you remember your first joke? Uh, no, I didn't try to remember. It was like, it was quite, like most people's first sets, it was quite like joke heavy. You know, it wasn't like doing loads of crowd work or something. So just on like, if I had taken out a pint of sort of purse and not told people. Because that was going to be my take. First time I did a gong show uh-huh. at a comedy store, 35 seconds, terrible. Right, second time I'd done loads of work. I was like, I will beat you. And I actually did it. I kind of I took, I took my like a little CD player sort of. It looks like a little boombox thing. I took it with me. And I thought, what I'll do is I'll go up on stage. I'll put it down next to me and just start doing my act as normal. And people, if people are weighing it up, you know, if I'm at like four minutes twenty, they'll be like, well, I do want to gong him, but I want to. I wonder when he's going to start doing his rap or whatever he's doing. <laughs> and like, and so I had it. I was, I was waiting for him to call my name to go up and I was holding it and I was like this is fucking stupid so I just left it and yeah. I was fine that time yeah. but I did think it would be a plan yeah. but, then I thought, but then you have to carry it everywhere mm-hmm. it's just like it's like a crutch yeah. I think I had a bit about how about Sex and City was very big at that time and how you would hear women you knew kind of go oh which one out of Sex and City do you think I'm most like which one out of Sex and City do you think I'm most like and kind of, and they never go. You're almost like Samantha. Mm-hmm. You're a hawk. You know, yeah. like no, no. And so, <laughs> but saying this is classic. Men, women are like this. Men are like this. Because mm-hmm. I think it's going to go. Men are just the same. Because mm-hmm. because women will go like, oh, uh, oh, you're mo- uh, you're you're almost like Carrie. No, no, you're almost like Carrie. Mm-hmm. No, no, you're almost like yeah. Carrie. It's like men are just the same, but just with the A team. Yeah. You know, you go like, you're almost like Mr. T. Mm-hmm. No, you're almost like Mr. T, fool. You know, mm-hmm. it was pretty weak. Yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. all right, it went all right. Cool. I, I can't really remember. There was sort of weird one-liners, mainly. Mm. Which I wish I could remember, because mm. I think some of them were okay. Mm. And also, when you first start, you're sort of, this is, I'm going to do the inverted commas, posh wanker voice. You're a, you're a sort of heightened version, of, you're the purest version of yourself mm-hmm. at that point because you haven't had it beaten out of you yeah. by like by what works. Yeah. You've not you've not realised quite what a twant you are. <laughs> so you kinda so you are a purer mm. version. Mm. And I think that's what you do is you kinda you start off like that, you, all that stuff gets beaten out of you. Yeah. Uh, and then you come out the other side of hack, yeah. hopefully as a sort of reborn yeah. Jaded, yeah. bitter. Well, no, no. Angry. Hopefully, it's like someone with all the same things that first made you want to go into mm. it, but having <laughs> having learned something, yeah. having been on a journey. And so, like, you, how many shows have you done now for oh, Fringe? Christ! Oh, for the Fringe, or e- either. So, how many shows have you done? You've done. Uh, 
like um, you've done that you see you got your journalism uh, like that was the first one I did my own I did a yeah. journalism one then I did just this I said it was a straightforward stand up show it's called Mystery Gimmick Stand Up Show right. I had three mystery gimmicks uh, then I did one last year which is about this weird thing okay so so okay I'm, I'm intrigued already what's the mystery gimmick what was the mystery gimmick thing yeah two mystery gimmicks one was at some point I'll get someone out of the crowd and I put a mask on them on, on them of my face but they don't know it's my face right right and it's got eye holes poked out in it so they can see through it but everyone else can see it's my face yeah right so then I get the person who's wearing the mask on my face they've got three questions to ask the audience uh, to guess whose face they're wearing yeah right so normally they'd ask things like uh, are they famous? And people go, no. <laughs> and they are a really hurtful thing. It revealed a yeah. sort of masochistic yeah. side of myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and then, but it was fun. It yeah. was fun. And then at the end, I think when we were doing that show, my girlfriend was pregnant, mm-hmm. but we had some trouble conceiving. Right. We had, we had, a, we had, some, we had a point where like, we didn't know. I was basically, I had to go and give a sperm sample, basically, mm-hmm. to figure out if it was my problem. But then we were pregnant, so it fucking turns out Great. loads first. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> God, loads of anything. That's why I've had to leave the EU, because yeah. I was busting yeah. out the whole market. Anyway. That's um, it. There's too many people here. Right here. That's what I mean. Right, right there. Just saying, I've got a whole civilization. Anyway. Um, Way <laughs> there. I don't know why. I've got to be, got to be mailing it. Got to be mailing it. Yeah. You've got to be mailing it. Yeah. I'm very fertile at the late. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but the but so we hadn't decided what to call the baby at that point for the finale of the show. I said, so "What I'm going to do?" I told him like we haven't got an idea for the name of the baby yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sing, and to symbolise the difficulty of a conception process, uh, I'm going to sing Whitney Houston's "I'll Always Love You," and the first person you can hit me with a thrown shoe from the crowd can name the baby. Yeah. And so I started singing, and like so, so I got quite good reaction, yeah. you know. So. Uh, and then, like, and people are like, "What's he? What are you talking about?" And then, like, someone kind of gingerly throws their first shoe, and I kind of duck it. And people are like, "Oh, hang on, he's serious." And you see people like taking both. People very quickly got into throwing. Also, yeah. it's like I've got quite a lot of footage of like just this shower of shoes yeah. kind of coming in me trying to dodge them as best I can. There's one on my Facebook of someone you can see him because the shot's taken from behind you can see him really carefully weighing up yeah. sort of my pattern for weaving mm. and he throws it really hard so I did that <laughs> no. underarm gesture but I went overarm gets yeah. me square on the balls and, oh! and you fall straight so I haven't, been, I haven't been hit that hard on the balls or something probably since school um, and I took a course yeah. Uh, yeah. and then but like you, I forget but like if you hit hard enough that you just you just go down just straight away kind of did you cry I don't think so. Good I think work. I, I think I was too uh, adrenaline. Fair play. Uh, at that point. But kind of, yeah. It was pretty, so that was the two gimmicks. Yeah. And then the third gimmick, uh, at the end, I gave everyone, uh, everyone got a mask on my face. Great. Because I thought the idea was I'll take a picture, put it on Facebook, and then if everyone tags themselves as them, but with my face, mm-hmm. we'll break Facebook's facial recognition software. Ah. I mean, it didn't quite happen like that. But I also thought it would be a good advert for the show. People Great. would be like, the yeah. black and white photos of my face. Yeah. It, was, it led to this weird afternoon where me and my girlfriend had like, printed out, to, we've got printed rather like, whatever it was, a thousand cardboard cutouts of my face. And I just spent my afternoon just like poking my own eyes out with a, with a pencil, just like, ah, yeah. ah, next, ah, ah. And the idea was like people would leave a crowd, like the street would suddenly be filled with like people with this 
yeah. face. And I got some really great. nice pictures from people like, um, you know, just like groups of people out taking mm. pictures uh, like of themselves in, with the mask on. Kind of, my mate stopped someone about three miles from my show uh, on a, yeah, <laughs> in a mobility scooter with one of my faces on. Great. I've got one from a BA flight crew. But it's just like these four stewardesses, Great. kind of like on the plane, all, all in the face. It was, it was really sweet. It was really nice. fun. That's yeah. nice, fun. That's it. Because I mean, you're having fun doing the show. You want other people to enjoy it more than just that show. Yeah, yeah that's a great idea. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I don't. It was probably. I probably never will come up with another gimmick as good as that. Yeah. And it was. Yeah, it was fun. I think my fear was people would wear the mask and commit horrific crimes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> kind of a, uh, you know. Yeah. And then, and hopefully, I'd have an alibi. Mm, mm. I mean, no, obviously, I'd have an alibi unless I was there. Yeah, mm. unless you actually did it in your own face, and then that is like yeah. that's like just inception, isn't it? Yeah, that is pretty. Um, yeah, I do. I did have a joke about uh, Russian dolls. So that was, so that was last last year. Yeah, last oh, yeah. year. Mm. So I've done three shows on my own, and then shared bills. Twice for two years. I saw your Ian Lane. Yeah, Ian Lane, the, the many King. scary goats. Yeah, Ian yeah. Lane, Aspect King, Tom mm. Ward for yeah. a little while. It was all for us, and then I replaced Tom for mm. a little bit. That was a great room. Mm. Apache Labyrinth is a great yeah. room. How was, uh, was that? Two thousand fourteen or 15? Christ. Sixteen, I did gimmick show. Fifteen, I did a journalism show. Twenty fourteen, I showed a bunch of people. Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Tell you went to the Gong Show, at the Comedy Store. Yeah, I went to the Gong Show in 2014, yeah. I came, I came back, yeah, I, I beat it once, yeah. didn't win. Came back the Monday, it was the August Monday after after Edinburgh. Yeah. So I'd come down on the train that day. My total for that Edinburgh was 111 gigs, yeah. right? And I and I won it. And things like that, and I was so, I was like the tiredest I've ever, I've had a kid since, yeah. and I like, I've still not been as tired as I was after that Edinburgh of like 111 yeah. gigs and like the previous two gong shows you'd be like pumped yeah. up you'd be like adrenaline fear all of that right uh, so I thought God if I win this it's going to feel it's going to feel like a, a new universe exploding <laughs> in the joy joy yeah. quadrant of my brain yeah. right instead it felt like like having sex with 15 heavy duty condoms on it. It's kind of like, <laughs> oh, no. well, I think it's over, but I don't feel anything. Yeah, like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't feel it. I was just so tired. They, yeah. they put you in that silly cap yeah, yeah. and you're just like, yeah, good God. I just, I just want to lie down. That's great. I just want to die. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not comparing my experiences to those of the British servicemen who were forced to build a railroad by the Japanese yeah. in the, in world war two. No, hang on, I am doing that. I'm saying it's just like that. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they got asked to build that railroad. We're terrible at railways. Yeah. But anyway, different point. And so what's the, uh, what's the future plan? In 2018, the plan is to do, do a show, maybe two shows. I think I've got venues lined up for two shows. Sorry, yeah, it will be two shows. One will just be a stand-up show. Mm. The other one is called... Fondue Seance Comedy Show. Right. So it's like a, it's going to be in the wee room yeah. in Laughing Horse uh-huh. about lunchtime. Uh, and we're going, to, we're going to have a fondue set and do a seance. So hopefully, hopefully it'll attract... It'll be like a sort of ven between people who want to eat a bunch of cheese yeah. and people who want to contact the dead. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll be... Yeah. And hopefully people who've just come for the cheese won't... 
I'll say to people at the beginning, kind of like, so who's here for for eating cheese yeah. and like, yeah, and yeah. Like, who's here for contacting the dead? Yeah, and they'll be like, yeah. So, so to anyone who's here for contacting the dead, would any of you mind? I hope, I hope you don't mind if we're going to eat some cheese. Yeah, and they'll be like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And then like the people who are like, I hope you guys who are here for eating the cheese don't mind us trying to contact the dead. Yeah, I think it just be, yeah, yeah, I just think it's a small room. And like I've done, I've done shows in that room like mm. the last two years. And it's so, it's so much fun. Mm. It's kind of, yeah, it, it, it feels, it's, it's so intimate. Mm. It's so, it's like, it's about the. I've been in disabled toilets bigger mm. than that, and it's just, I've just had, so, I've had some of the gigs of my life in there. Mm. It's just, I've got, I had one gig there which is sort of. I just get back to a question I want to ask you, right? Mm. But I had one gig there where it's sort. Of, I can't remember if we were wearing a mask at that point. But it got to sort of what I want comedy to my comedy to be, which was about ten minutes of like really sort of hysteria, sort of weird atmosphere, hysteria, sort of laughs, kind of from all of us, of just like pointing and shrieking in this sort of like ritualistic kind of way. Yeah. It was really weird and really fun, and kind of I don't think you could have done it in any other room. But I think I was like. We were talking about like the sounds you make or the face that you end up yeah. wearing when you wink or yeah. the laughter died down. Like if you realised in the course of you know going out doing gigs and stuff that say say after a, a, by accident one time after doing a punchline you, you went eh like that, <laughs> and people laugh yeah and then like because and you can see that sometimes like little children do it like they make yeah. adults laugh at something and then mm. they say it again and it's like no you, you're blowing it kid but imagine if you went eh? mm-hmm. and people laughed and you were like oh, and, you went, eh? mm-hmm. and people laughed again and then you, went, and you thought I'll fair it up and you were like eh? Eh? and people laughed people were like losing the shit if, if basically you could go on stage and like s- like smash kind of like tears of laughter people falling off their chairs kind of like kind of but just with meaningless kind of silly noises signifying nothing meaning nothing like a, a cheat essentially would you be content to do that would you be content to travel the world playing vast arenas just going and having people go like kind of you know bringing undeniable joy to to tens hundreds of thousands of people i don't imagine anyone would buy the dvds but like live and kind of an incredible riches to yourself but it's essentially just meaningless noises. Isn't that what? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, but like that—that's yeah, I guess so. But when, isn't that a catchphrase? I sort of. That's is. a catchphrase. That's again because because that. Eh, I'm not doing it right. I'm not giving. It, I'm not, I'm, 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 I fucked it. No, it's like if you've got a catchphrase that just always presents the punchline, you know, kind of go. They say it. It's not funny, but then they go, you've already set up who you are. Yeah, and go, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's just the thing, isn't it, really? You yeah, because I think, like, they, that can almost be anything. Like, yeah. I've never seen him, but Nick was, Nick Ellery was talking to him about this American act. You might, you might know him, he's kind of, uh, he's like a middle-aged black guy, and he'll do a joke, and then he'll go, hamburger, at the end of it. Kind of like, yeah. uh, hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> Nick does a really good impression of him where he mm. says like sometimes if it you can hear some recordings of him like smashing it up and he'll kind of after a joke's got a massive laugh he'll go ham 
bugger. People will laugh again because they yeah. they love him and they love the catchphrase. Yeah. But sometimes you can hear him at a slightly more difficult gig and he'll be like, hamburger. Can't laugh. <laughs> Kind of, you know, he knows not to milk it when it's not when there's yeah. nothing there to milk. But that's what, like the Hamburg thing is more of an example of what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think, right. Because it doesn't, you know, the joke will be nothing to do with that. Yeah. But after, I mean, I love it as a non sequitur. I fucking love mm. non sequiturs. Oh, they kind of, I kind of, I think it's a real weakness of my comedic sensibility. Is <laughs> my love of non sequiturs, right? Because mm. I, I always used to think one of the funniest things. Was like was like a broken set of mm. Tribute Pursuit cards. Mm. We go like, okay, uh, geography question: What is the capital of, of Venezuela? William Shatner. <laughs> kind of, you know, yeah. kind of, you know. They only work yeah. about like two or three times before we go. This is just random, yeah. and I hate it. Yeah. But, um, but I love non sequiturs, and I and so I kind of and I can enjoy hamburger like or something like that as mm-hmm. a non sequitur, or even a good catchphrase as a non sequitur. Mm. I used to have a catchphrase actually. I'll get to that in a second, but like. Um, yeah, so you know, remember Tom Holmes? I used to really yeah. like Tom's next. Like, I don't think he does it anymore. But um, oh. but he put his joke on Twitter, which I didn't get at first. It's like a nice, like simple joke. And it went, um, after the 9pm watershed, Alan Sugar is known as Alan Shit. Right? <laughs> so it's a nice joke. It's simple but yeah. lovely. Yeah, it's a yeah. simple, lovely joke. Yeah. Kind of... But I didn't understand it at yeah. first. I didn't understand, like, the water of a shit sugar thing. I just took it as a kind of, like... A weird statement, like mm. he was a sort of Jekyll and Hyde figure, kind of like after nine pm, he just becomes this guy called Alan Shit, yeah. you know, kind of like you know, if you watch The Apprentice after nine pm, it's like it's just Alan Shit, and you kind of think, oh no, Alan Shit, I wonder how he's different from Alan Sugar, mm. and kind of like maybe all the light entertainment people are sort of like that, like mm. after after nine pm, Bruce Forsyth becomes uh, Bruce Cunty or mm. something, and he does mm. all these horrible. It took me ages to figure out, oh, there is an actual joke that makes sense there. Mm. But yeah, I always loved my secretaries. Yeah. Um, and Hamburg is like an example of that. But yeah, I just, I guess, I guess the question about whether you'd be willing to go around doing a very successful act just of meaningless shrieking sort of gets to what we think of as like, how important is it to do something that you think means something or, or just to do stuff that's just pure, pure fun? As if anyone's like talented enough to kind of go, no! I have the option of giving people pure fun and I choose uh, a didactic approach. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't see, I don't think you see as many of them on the British Today's lecture will America. be... <laughs> <laughs> gather around, children, gather around. Let me solve that. I instruct you yeah, exactly. on various matters. I think, I think it's a difference in the sort of status. Yeah. Like, I think, you, I, I don't know, I've never gigged in America, but mm. like, you do get the impression that people are more okay with higher status comics in America. They're kind of going... Oh, what's the deal with the government, huh? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you, you know, know like, government's silly. I think that your approach to comedy as well, like my own, is I just want to be silly. I want to have fun. I want to be silly. I don't want to. I don't want to bore people. I don't want to. I don't want a point to make. Look, there's nothing that I can say is going to change the fucking world, you know. So I'm just kind of going. Look, I want to make this moment that we're having as interesting and as fun and as silly as possible. Uh, I'm going to enjoy it, and hopefully you're going to enjoy it as much as I'm going to enjoy it. And fuck it, I'm going to still enjoy it. As much as I can, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So, so like, but that kind of point making thing, like, it's yeah, it's all fun. But <laughs> I see, I see, I see, I see, so many fringe shows and stuff doing this now, and I'm like, I get it, I find, but you're just telling, you're preaching to the same I people guess converted. We've all learned yeah, but I don't care. 
Like, you have learned something. You found this out while you're doing the show. Good. Could you just have written that in your diary and then fucking come <laughs> yeah. up with some jokes? Yeah, you and killed me? yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, you're a horrible person. Someone will definitely read it. <laughs> then you're like, oh, I wonder what. Oh, that's pretty deep. They yeah. might even read it out. You feel it's like son. It was such a. It's such a solipsistic, self-indulgent act, yeah. but it's sort of like standing in front of people wanking, kind of going, well, I hope you're all learning something. Yeah. It's like, actually, We've all done this, right? We all hate <laughs> ourselves after we've done it. Sometimes really great people, they will do something. Mm. That, that It will be something. Like, oh, yeah. Do you know what? That, that joke works better because that is... Tr- I mean, you know... Yeah. It's weird, you know, this, that is true about a toaster. It was like, oh, that is true about capitalism. Mm. Kind of, you know, they're, they're both something that's true. It's just the, you, you might get a deeper... You might you might get a bit more pleasure from kind of going. That is a true and interesting point about yeah. something that is less trivial than a toaster. Yeah, you know, of course. Not, no, I agree. With, no, I agree. You know, but but if it's a, but you if, might do. But you, but more often than not, more I, you often know, than not, you just you see like, you go. This is fucking hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that that's the thing. You just see so much. We go. Oh really? Oh god. And and you can see that. You can even see in in a lot of people's eyes when they're doing their show, they just go. I really don't believe in anything that I'm saying anymore, and I hate this. You know what I mean? Like it might have been a good idea I've to start my father's death into something <laughs> so I'm bored like, of talking about. I feel like it's just terrible. I, I just find it awful. But you know, that's it. Just be silly with it. But you're, you do a lot of improv as well, don't you? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think that's there's just so much fun to be had mm. with an audience. Yeah, you know, it's I find the real challenge. A real challenge. The fun thing to try and do to set yourself to do is to try and make your written stuff as fun for you to do and for the audience as the... Um, I don't know, it's like improv sounds like, like you're an improv troupe, uh-huh. which is like, there's a different weird, weird set of associations, but kind of just like off-the-cuff yeah. stuff. And I do try and I try and work some questions in. And like sometimes you kind of think, well, I, I know which way I'll go uh-huh. if it goes any of these predicted ways. Yeah. yeah. But then that feels really cheap after a little while. Mm-hmm. So kind of, there's, there's a bit I have about gun crime in America, which goes really well if there's an American in, but you kind of feel like, I wonder if it just looks really cunty to kind of go, mm-hmm. I've obviously drawn you into a position where I'm not going to hit you with this massive stick. Yeah, kind yeah. Of, but hey-ho, you know, they've got it coming. You've got to um, use what you got at the time. Uh, you yeah. Because you're comparing, you've got to keep that energy up, man. You can't you can oh, quit it. Oh, man. Yeah, Do whatever you can. I remember doing this gig in a... Hotel in Haywards Heath in Sussex, mm-hmm. which I thought was going to be like I thought all well, Sussex would be like Brighton, not not all like Brighton. Ropey gig shortly after the first royal baby had been born, oh, and right. I was like, and it's fair to say they did not like my royal baby material, and I was just sort of finishing up this like difficult fucking you know wedding seating style, just the worst oh, yeah. in this oh, yeah. weird vestibule. I'm slagging the gig off because I did badly. Uh, but also because it was objectively shit. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> this guy was leading, leading against the pillar, and I was just going to my final bit. But I saw him, and I shouldn't have said anything. But I come in, are you? You're all right. Are you nodding off? And he was like, he roused himself late from really on, and just stood up straight and went, sat up straight and went, you're not very good, mate. Oh. I was like, and it just felt like a uh, a javelin. Yeah. Through through the heart, it was like yeah. it's pro- still probably one of the most direct tackles. I've ever had kind of like you're not very good mate. Oh, man. Kind of like here's my. It's, well, it wasn't aggressively said. Yeah. It's just dismissively. Kind yeah. of like here's here's my indifferent. Here's my opinion. Blah. Yeah. Um. It's just thinking about things you wouldn't normally say. 
yeah. but like but the audience was suddenly all all there kind of like, <gasps> like <gasps> yeah. um, and I said something like horrendously like hack that's difficult because um, cause this man's my dad <laughs> You know, it's like the, it's my, da- like, if, if a punchline yeah. is, and that was my dad, yeah, yeah. and then I got off the bus, ding, yeah. ding, kind of, yeah. then that shit, but the way I justified it to myself was, yeah. you'd never set out to bite someone's ear off, yeah. in it, like, on a night out, Mm-mm. but you might end up in it, or hit someone with a bar stool, or yeah. something, yeah. but you nevertheless, whilst behaving reasonably, <laughs> might end up in a position of self-defence, <laughs> where it was necessary <laughs> to hit someone with a bar, even yeah. though... You would have tried everything to avoid doing that, yeah. and the panic in the moment. Yeah, it's like when you see, you know, that no airplane. Yeah, when you see, you know, that he he's feeling a drawer. I think it's the part when he's feeling a drawer for something, and he's like, and this there's like, it's <laughs> like a gun, there's like a knife, and there's like every kind of weapon, like a taser, and he goes past all of those things, and he gets like one of the, like a I think it was I think it was a tweezers or something, and goes on the on the guy's eye, or was it when I was like and the eyelash curlers or something, and the guy goes oh no, and he goes and his eye is so ridiculous, you know, but you got to take what you've given at the time, yeah. and what your brain goes oh well I'm gonna I'm gonna take this because my brain just offered it to me, and that is the thing that's gonna work here because you know like, yeah. like I remember there was us at this one gig and this, uh, kind of it was a bit rowdy. The opener went on, didn't do very well. And I was like, okay. And so I went on, did my bit, and like they were sort of like, and I was like, I just got full energy at them. I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to hammer it at them, you know, and they're going to enjoy it. Because I hecked me straight away. I was like, fine, comparing now, this is great. I enjoy this more than doing a set. <laughs> so, so let's carry on. It was this guy who, big, you know, the mean guy, you know, the guy that looks really mean, and everyone's like, oh, fuck, that guy's going to kick, kick off. He's got cat- tattoos all over his fucking face, you know. And this guy had, uh, had tattoos on the back of his head, uh, and, uh, but they were eyes. And of course, I was like, "Oh, I've got something for this," and uh, you know, because I was like, and I was like, uh, you know, I was like, "Well," oh, I thought this will really work really well because, of course, I pre-thought it, and of course, it's going to go great then. And I said, I said to the guy because I was doing doing really well, just keeping them on board because they were just a bit they weren't settled because these guys were making lots of noise with the tattoos, you know. And so I said something, of course, pick on the Alpha classic, and I was like, uh, "I say, mate, yeah, what's going on with the?" Uh, Eyes on the uh, on the back of your head, uh, and I, I said something really hacky just to fucking get it, like nail him, or you know. So been in prison, have you? So you can see see him coming, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then and I said, and I said to him, uh, I said, you know, well, what are you trying to be? Some sort of some sort of moth or a butterfly? And I was like, in my head, I was like, hilarious. <laughs> you know? But they were like, what, mate? Moth or a butterfly? Eyes? Okay, well, okay, yeah, moth has the markings to show that it looks like a, an animal with big eyes <laughs> that was hilarious in my head but you know the other stuff was great but it's like oh I've got to I can do this this is fine but you know you like just overthink it sometimes so there you go you got to pick whatever fucking comes to you innit I, I <laughs> it was crazy shit but but yeah so improv, have you improv have you done courses and stuff in nah no nah, it's just after doing thousands of like ropey gigs yeah. you kind of think well it's yeah. off road or no road kind of I said just just on the your your description of that gig. I remember like I was middling somewhere and doing doing okay, but not great. And it was in Bromley. Yeah. Uh, and there was all these crowds that Michael Legg, I think, was headlining or comparing. He kind of went looking at that crowd. I bet they've all got the best possible Sky deal. You know, the best kind of subscription package from Sky. He said uh, I was I was round the back of the crowd while you were on. I've got this joke about testicular cancer but it involves me kind of at one point kind of going oh you know twiddling your thumbs like that and um, Michael said what 
after I was doing it's just part of a setup that while I was doing that some folks just went hurt twiddle <laughs> <laughs> you never you never know what's going to yeah. tickle so it's going to hurt twiddle yeah. uh, I, just, I just like to think like I'm, uh, you know he's gone to bed yeah. comes wakes up the next day so, uh, twiddle so what is it dad oh nothing just a uh, twiddle yeah <laughs> yeah um, weird things uh, weird things tick a lot of people out. yeah yeah or sometimes I think I wonder if with him it wasn't so much that he found the word twiddle particularly amusing it's just kind of sometimes people feel like I feel like I should react in some way yeah and I was comparing on Saturday and one of the acts pointed out see that couple on the end look she always after each joke she always looks at him before she laughs which is really odd it's like yeah the things that you notice that yeah. once you notice you can't it becomes the entire focus of your... Yeah. yeah. Um, they a nice couple. Like, he made swimming pools. He built swimming pools yeah. for rich people. And I was like, oh, so for who? And you really got the impression that, like, because the wife volunteered all of this information, he was just very quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, I get the impression that you don't want to talk about it, sir, but you, madam, really, really want to say who it is. Mm-hmm. So we went through some clues. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I, yeah, I really... It wasn't... It wasn't very... Michael Barrymore. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Barrymore. <laughs> but so you've got so you got two shows coming up, and uh, yeah. where can we find you then, Ben? Getting uh, around the place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at my website. I will update my website. If you Google me, and ignore all the work stuff, mm. it's on there somewhere. So yeah, Ben Clover at I think it's BenClover.Weebly.com or uh-huh. something because I haven't paid for the the non Weebly. If you, I think yeah. if you pay, they'll take one of the dots and the Weebly out. Ah. Uh-huh. But, like the Weebly, like like I like the Weebly. Sounds good with you. That's what it's called. Yeah, Weebly. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't. Re- I thought. I don't know if everyone has this. Because where are you from? Cork. Cork. Right. So do you just assume that like the way you and the people you grew up with talk, that's normal, yeah. and everyone else talks in some different funny way? Yeah. Yeah. Because actually, I I just you know I've got fairly middle class accent with odd tiny flashes of South East London right. in it. In it, what part of South East London? Lewisham. And it took my Scottish girlfriend to go. I can't remember what I said, but she's like, "Say that again." I was like, "Yeah, well, there was three hens on the roof." She was like, "How many? Three. There were three hens on the roof." And she's like, "How many again? Three. What's wrong?" She's like, "Count to four. One, two, three, four. What's your fucking problem?" <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it turns out I can't say th sounds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I can only say one, two. Free, <laughs> but then because she's from the east coast of Scotland, yeah. she can't say the double O sound properly. Ah. I had some shit joke about that yeah. going, so she can't say like food, right? She'll say like food, oh. or she can't say like good, she'll say like good. Oh, yeah. So she's like rather than good food, she'll yeah. say good food, yeah. Although to be fair to her being Scottish, she's never had any cause to use the phrase. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Was, that's like the shit joke idea. Oh, yeah. And like, Scots would go, boo. Yeah. I was like, well, you shouldn't make that sound because you can't do a double like, yeah. <laughs> bit, bit. <laughs> that's really it's proving my point, isn't yeah. it? That's that. that's it. And she, she pronounces the name, she pronounces the name, she pronounces the pussy. Yeah. And that's how you say pussy. Yeah, Grab right. him by the pussy. That's what Trump yeah. said. It was great when Trump got in because it meant my girlfriend with her accent. Kept saying I don't, I didn't like his pussy comments. It's like, his what? It's like you know when he talks about grabbing him by the pussy. He kind of, he just, she couldn't pronounce pussy right. So, mm-hmm. so it's fun just to hear her saying. Yeah, that's the accents um, are fun. 
Yeah. Accents are yeah. fun. There's no two you, ways around it. Yeah, and if you pick them up, you know, you just gotta you leave them. Just give them back afterwards. <laughs> you know, that's the most important thing. I, thought, I hope this is. I hope this is true. I was gonna say, and actually, I don't know if it's true, but I hope it's true that kind of if you. Right, there's one really interesting thing I saw about accents. It was like it was a, that Sean Locke bit about um, kind of those like. Ah, oh, compared to meerkat, kind of Russian, Russian compared to meerkat mm. sort of accent. It's like, why is that okay? But like, you know, if you did that a Chinese accent, people are like, whoa, mm. no, you can't say that. Mm. It's like it's basically, like the rule. I think he's right. He said like the rule is, it's fine to do the accent of anyone who is equivalently wealthy or more than you. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Or someone poorer than you, if you suspect them of being racist. Mm. So you can do like a deep southern accent, even if they're poor. And like, but you won't, anyway, give it five years, and like the Chinese accent is back on the table. Like, <laughs> it'd be, be fine for white comedians to, to really go to town. I mean, like, if you, if you did like a, 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 like a, a Zimbabwean accent, which you could say was Mugabe. And that's I think okay, if it? someone's like a, an actual vi- like I yeah. do I do a very brief impression of Nelson Mandela in my set sometimes mm. and I think I think because of the way the bit is you sort of are allowed away with it mm-hmm. um, but I still think if you did it for any length of time people get a bit uncomfortable yeah that's true I think you could kind of maybe you could get away with kind of going oh, I'm terrible at accents mm. kind of going I'm so bad at accents that what you guys haven't realised is for my whole of my set so far I've been doing a very broad Nigerian accent <laughs> yeah. and just no one's realised because I'm shit at accents <laughs> um, yeah. oh yeah no, so the thing I was, was going to say I hope it's true is like I hope if you surely everyone can recognise it's fun to do accents mm. right and kind of and I think if you hear someone doing an accent you've got to think is he does he have hate in his heart? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this That's, guy. It's the intention. It's always the intention, isn't it? You know, yeah. And you kind of, I don't know, like if I was getting an island mm. and it kind of, and I'd say some funny thing happened, uh, you would think, am I going to, am I as an English guy going to do the voice of whichever Irish person, person I'm interacting with in an Irish accent or mm. not? Because that's probably only going to wind. People, and, all, well, people, and also, I'm so bad at accents, so that's very quickly going to become what the bit's about. <laughs> it's kind of, so where is this guy from, exactly? You know, But they'd like to see you try. They'd Maybe. Like you, they would like to see you try, <laughs> but not really kind of really commit to it, as in, like, you know, fully commit, as in, like, a, the New York um, copper accent from... What was that shit film? Oh my god, with Leonardo DiCaprio, the guy. The... Gangs of New York. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I read a thing about Gangs of New York saying they should have just cut out all the DiCaprio bits, yeah. leaving just Daniel Day Lewis, and mm. retitled it "The Crazy Adventures of Bill the Butcher." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Daisy. Yeah. Like, oh man. Crazy. Imagine Daniel Day Lewis was your dad. Yeah. Him just, you know, cobbling. Can you just be my dad for a five minutes, for God's sake? <laughs> Imagine it's a roll, yeah. Daniel. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's a great guy. You're last yeah. the Mohicans for, for two years. And my left foot, Jesus Christ, the shit we had to clear up after that. I read this thing about him. Like, um, when he was doing Gangs in New York, all he would do was shoot and go to the gym. And he would spend all like all time not shooting in the gym, like pumping iron or whatever it's called, listening to Eminem. Right? And, that was all, and then he'd drive back to his hotel. That was it. But it's like, so even in that quite 
narrow life he was living. He was, like, he was so deeply in character, so aggressive mm. as the Bill the Butcher guy. But he got in something like three or four fights just between the gym and his car. <laughs> <laughs> like, in a period of, like, the fuck are you looking at? Kind of... Yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. And there's such an Italian so guy going, what are, you, yeah. what, are you, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, now, now we're fighting. Okay. Crazy. Still, it's, yeah, it doesn't make me want to watch it. I wonder if there is an edited version. Mm. So, we could find you, Ben... On your, your, um, face, on, your Facebook uh, and all that? Twitter. What's your one on your Twitter? Uh, it's at Ben Clover underscore. Right. Just at Ben Clover is just stuff about the NHS for my day job. Cool. Um, Facebook, uh, the website. Yeah, website. Ben Clover uh, at Weebly. Weebly. Yeah. Ben Clover Weebly. Dot Weebly. Yeah, just I think if you Google me in comedy, yeah. it, it should come together. It should come up, yeah. And so you've got your, and you're doing your show at the Fringe next year 2018 yeah in the Wii Room and one know, in the Wii Room one with C venues yeah um, I don't know quite where that's going to be yet and that's called what's the other one called doesn't have a title yet it's a title I'll have to probably, probably have to no I don't have one yet I oh. don't know I'll have to think of one right you have to basically look at what I don't know like what stuff you've got I mean, what, mm. what are you doing next year I'm going to do next year yeah yeah cool it. have you how long have you, have you been have you done every year since I've, no I haven't I've done like this would be my Fourth year going in a row. No, no, I, I took, took, uh, got married last year, uh, year before last. Congratulations! I had to take a year off. Thanks, but had <laughs> to take a year, <laughs> year off. It's their fault. No, but it was great. No, it was good. It was amazing. It's brilliant. But the it's the best wedding. Uh, but like um, we had smashed it. <laughs> absolutely smashed it. Uh, five stars. And uh, <laughs> so are we, outstanding. We're we rating our wives. <laughs> <laughs> so rate your partner oh. and the marriage because it gonna, might be you might be going like that. Okay, it. it's a five five star partner yeah two star two star marriage it was outstanding yeah. for me uh, I don't, my wife hasn't rated it yet so you know she's got to leave her own unbiased review thank you for coming on the comedy defect man I really appreciate it that's great we enjoyed it man cheers we should shake hands yeah, it feels right uh, yeah, yeah. doesn't it I know it's, <laughs> even though it's a podcast but like, shake hands we're hugging now uh, this uh, is one yeah. of those podcasts where you then murder the guest okay. is it? <laughs> <laughs> That was episode 58 with the very funny Ben Clover. Recording and editing that, I haven't laughed that much in ages. You can find Ben on social media. He is taking two shows up to the Edinburgh Fringe, which he'll be previewing around the country. So go check his social media to see where he's going to be airing those. You can follow this podcast at The Comedy Defect. You can follow me at Winter Fonander. You can come see my live stand-up gig dates, which will be on my website, which Danny Climbs has not quite finished editing yet, which will be on my website, which is winterphonander.com. You can also donate to us on Patreon. Go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast and donate as little or as much as you want. But why not just go to the reviews in iTunes or Podbean and leave us a nice, honest review? Because it really helps. Now, as I said, words are hard at the moment because early in the morning on the Wednesday morning trying to get these links done and I've had a busy day. Uh, I have got other things that I've got to do after this. I hope you enjoyed Ben Clover for episode 58. Next month, we've got an equally funny guy for episode 59 and that is Trevor Takabi. Until then, February's over, guys. We've got March coming up. Spring soon. It's going to start warming up. I'll see you in March. (laughs) 